And now, now, it's the Mike Kelter Show. 901 on the Mike Kelter Show. It's 1025 The Bone. This weekend, I'll be stopping by to see my friends at Shark Coast Tactical. And if you're a firearm owner, listen up. If you want a firearm with a pistol brace, the ATF has declared that you can no longer attach that brace to your firearm without registering it first. There's approximately 10 million pistol, br- pistol braces in circulation. So chances are, if you have more than one gun, you probably have one. You only have 120 days to comply, and that clock has been ticking for some time right now. So if you were to get caught with it and it's unregistered, you could face jail time, 10 years in prison, and a $250,000 fine, regardless of whether your circumstances are, whether you knew about it or not. That's why we're doing our best to get the word out there. Stop by Shark Coast Tactical on Beaver Jordan, Sarasota. During that 120-day period, the ATF has given free tax stamps, and uh, they are offering the Bone Fam half off the cost of the registration paperwork. But that clock has been ticking for some time, so I would get in there immediately, call them, make an appointment, and stop by and see them. If you have any questions, you can go to sharkcoasttactical.com. They're open Monday uh, through Friday, 10 to 6, closed on Sunday. Open online 24-7 at sharkcoasttactical.com. Be Ridge Road in Sarasota. Stop by and tell him you heard it on the uh, Mike Calta show. Here's Hans Kim making his way in. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, nice to meet you, man. Thank you for getting up early and coming in here today. Pull that big old microphone right up to you talking to you. Now, Hans, I know you do a lot of podcasts. You cannot say the F word on the show. Just just want to remind you. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah this is, have you done broadcast radio before? Yeah. You, you have? Uh-huh. I was going to say, well, yeah, I guess you're a touring comedian. Alexis, yeah. stop. <laughs> Uh, I would, uh, I would imagine. Anyway, good to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Now, where did you hook up with Rogan in Austin? Um, I actually didn't hook up with Rogan. I just gave him a little handy under the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I hooked up with Rogan in Austin. Yeah, I followed those guys, those boys out there. So you were in LA and you left too. Uh, I was only in L.A. for a little bit. Okay. I was actually in New York before the pandemic. Now, how was that? That's a tough gig to get into in New York City when you're trying to be a yeah, comic. Yeah, it was tough. Nobody cared about me. No. New York is a very tough place. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I grew up there. I know nobody yeah. cares about us in there. <laughs> so, what, so that, I can't even imagine. Like I look at the guys I know that are famous that came up in New York, and I go, I, I would have quit ten times. I mean, just the amount of, of going back and forth. I threw Mark Norman tells so many stories about how he's running around town to do spots, and then he'd be so tired he fell asleep on the subway and would wake <laughs> up at the last stop, wherever yeah. the hell that is. Yeah, that's a scary place to be in, in uh, Coney especially Island. When you're, yeah, when you're, when you're Mark Norman size, it's especially uh, <laughs> yeah. uh thing. Anyway, so, so you go to L.A., yeah. and how was it there? Any better? It was pandemic comedy. It was open mics and parks. It was just sidewalk, open mics. Do you think that helped you? Because uh, a lot of comedians really weren't doing anything at the time. And you were like, yeah. I'll take every spot I can get. <laughs> like Dave Chappelle says, there were a lot of weak wills. <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of down. liberals. Yeah. yeah now, quit. now uh, so you're out there. What was the, who? Now, who's the first time somebody of any caliber sees you and goes, this guy's funny? Uh, I mean, John Heffron. I, I guess he... I opened for him. I opened for some people in Seattle. Right. I did Seattle for five years, then New York for three years, and the pandemic hit, and then I moved to Austin. Uh-huh. But I guess the first real big thing is the Kill Tony show. So wait, let me back up to Heffron. Now, he's a lunatic, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could, have you been to the compound? No, not okay. yet. Okay, so we've been friends with John for a long time. Then we were enemies of John's for a little while, and now we're friends again. <laughs> he's a lunatic. Wow! Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you, yeah, you, he's he's like uh, he's like an artist, you know. He's just like in his own world. 
Yeah, they call him psychopath. In a lot of, <laughs> in a lot of okay, so then you and then what was next? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Kill Tony. Kill Tony with Tony Hinchcliffe. Right. Very popular podcast. Amazing podcast. No, I was wrong. I'm not wrong a lot, but I was wrong. I used to tell comedians. Actually, I'm still kind of right about it. Every comedian thought they needed to have a podcast, and I was like, "Stop!" All it was such an ancestral clubhouse where everybody was like you come on my show i'll go on your show and everybody yeah. just tell the same stories on their shows and nobody's listening except bird it worked out for him he just kept telling the same <laughs> russian story over and over yeah, yeah. And nobody's listening to them yeah and then uh all of a sudden the good ones kind of rose to the top and the other uh, ones went away yeah kill tony is one of those now do you you and uh and tony get along very well yeah tony's like my um daddy my uh, <laughs> abusive <laughs> he, father yeah i'm a lot bigger than he is but he is intimidating to me yeah like he's kind of like when you have that uh when somebody has that bitchy gay friend who's not allowed to t- who has no problem telling you that they don't like your shirt yeah like, he seems like that kind of guy <laughs> yeah. right? am i right he's like, honest brutally honest brutally honest and uh doesn't care what the consequences are yeah and he knows how to finesse it socially yeah yeah, so he doesn't get in trouble for anything. Yeah. Uh, so now uh, that podcast is done live in front of an audience all the time. Yeah. And people show up for it all the time. Yeah, it's sold out months to like September right That's now. That's so awesome. And did you yeah. get up and do a minute of stand-up? Is that how you got in? Yeah. Or Oh, yeah? And they yeah. liked you? Yeah, luckily. Yeah, they liked me. I did a joke about Asians and stuff, and they're like, <laughs> hey... We just got canceled by me. <laughs> do you? Uh, are you afraid to do any of those jokes? No, not at all. Not on Kill Tony. They, I'm trying to get more of those jokes on there. I just, I, we used to do. We were talking about a lot this week. We, so we released some video this week of Bobby Lee when he was in the studio with us. So he came in one day. We didn't know him. We knew he was obviously. He was before you had a podcast and all that stuff. And uh, he came in the studio, and I remember saying to him, I'm like, well, what are we going to talk to Bobby Lee about? Mad TV? You know, I was like, we got to try and work something. And when the first five minutes of him being there, he was like, I'm Asian, and I don't like my hair because it's straight, and no matter what I do, it can't curl it. And I go, well, one time I had a lighter out, and I burnt the hair on my arms, and it all curled up. So he got a lighter. We don't know this guy five minutes. Pulled his <laughs> pants down and then began to light his pubes to see if they would curl. And I was like, he may be my favorite guest of all time. <laughs> so in the second segment of the show, we had these two fat porn stars coming in, and Spanish was going to wrestle one of them. And Bobby Lee was like, I want to, I want to wrestle, I want to tag team. So they stripped down to their underwear and they wrestled the fat girls in the studio, and it was awesome. But the internet wasn't what it was now. So we repackaged that recently and we put it out there and we started showing it, and it is, it is great stuff. But people are asking, like, why don't you do stuff like that anymore? I'm like, I don't know. I'm afraid now. Now I don't know what I can do and what I can't do. Yeah, if, I, if I have an Asian guy burning his pubes on the radio, I might get me in trouble somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's like a thing now. Yeah, it's it's tough to be out there. All right, so another thing that you did that I am kind of jealous of, except I don't know what your circumstances were, I heard you say in an interview that you lived in a van yes. for a couple of years. Yeah. So if you lived in there for a couple of years, you had to like it. Yeah, it was cheap. Yeah. And I'm Asian. So <laughs> Are Asians out. cheap? Yeah, we're like the the Jews of the world. <laughs> <laughs> that that you should be afraid to say. So so I I do notice that Asians live um like like ones who are working here have no problem living like if you have a salon also having a bed in the back of the salon like yeah. a nail salon and having no problem just making everything all one. Yeah. Now what kind of van was it? A sprinter van. So I, I it's big. Yeah. Oh, what you start out like a in a minivan, van, a minivan? Yeah. with no nothing in it, empty just a driver's seat. It was uh I actually had a giant sink in it. 
and it was like the size of the van, and I carried it on the subway. <laughs> At the sink? <laughs> During rush hour, yeah. The, a counter and a sink, and I laid you it are, down. You were, by middle. the way, totally a picture that I would take and put on Twitter. I just saw this Asian guy carrying a giant sink <laughs> on the subway. So I you, have it on my photos. Do you? And why, yeah. What did you do? You carried it home? Yeah, in the subway, I laid it down in the middle. You know, one of those ones where they just have the seats on the side. Yeah. And then everyone just had to, like, move their feet a little bit. I don't know why uh, I thought I could do that. Yes. Yeah. I'm one of those people just taking from society. <laughs> so, okay, wait. So you get the Sprinter. Now, I have a Sprinter, and I love it. It's all built out, but not for comfort. It's more built out like a limo. So what did you have in there? You had a bed and all that stuff? Yeah, I had a bed and a, uh, a sink, and that's all you Same sink? Need. No, a different oh, sink. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, you do need something. Like, my number one thing to me is... Like, I don't care about the shower thing. I can figure that out somehow. Yeah, I don't really care about yeah, that. Yeah, right. But, I mean, like, they have that hose that goes outside, and I'm like, I'm fine with that. But when it comes to having to take a leak in the middle of the night, especially I'm older than you. I got to go, like, two, three times a night. <laughs> that's what would that's what would get me. Well, the pee bottles are nice. That's what you're doing, huh? Yeah. Thankfully, my girth stink. would prohibit that as well. Oh, yeah. You can't just get a little bottle. You got to get one of those Gatorade, Gatorade bottles. Yeah. Or- I, I used to get those old cooking oil, like the tubs, <laughs> like a big old Wesson gallon. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you would just store it and then chuck them the next day. Hopefully, in the week. Yeah, so I'd so, save it up. Save it up. Sometimes it would ferment. There'd be a little gunk in, inside side. it. Yeah. yeah, that is not the, the <laughs> awesome lifestyle out of a van that I was hoping for. Yeah. Now, now, do you, where did you? Uh, where did you? predominantly go with it like did you go to all your gigs or did you just live in one area i just stayed and i just parked my car on uh right by the creek in the cave in long island city right and i just it was just like a little home I and nobody and nobody it. bothered you there no one oh, one guy was like hey we all know that you're living in there and they're not happy i was like what are you gonna do it's yeah, not illegal it's right it's, it's a parking spot <laughs> no, but i i don't know i just uh during the pandemic everything was so rough out there and i imagine living in a van like you could sleep tough. at night i was actually in florida i was doing a rare road trip when the pandemic hit oh really yeah i was you... in miami when everything shut down and and where do you stay in miami I was in the Everglades, just oh. camping out. I was like, "This will blow over in five days." <laughs> <laughs> Should be fine. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm in the Everglades. I'm trapped in the bottom of the country. If something happens, <laughs> that's it. You're gonna just throw yourself into the alligator pit." <laughs> Holy cow! This is Hans Kim. He is here with us. He's gonna be. This is weird. You're doing two shows in Wesley Chapel at seven thirty, yeah, and then racing over to like you do one show on Friday at seven thirty in Wesley Chapel, and then race over to the ten thirty show. In Carrollwood, both nights, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, it's good. Really squeezing me for money on this. Yeah, show. they are. <laughs> who is? Who is? Do you know who the other comedian is? Who? Who is it? Matt Fernandez. Oh, but with him or doing the opposite shows? Uh, working with him. Working. Right, Matt's good. Matt's a funny guy. Yeah, Matt's killing. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. very funny. He uh, he is a perfect case of somebody who's a six, but because he's so funny, it moves him up to like an eight <laughs> as far as yeah. girls go. Yeah. Um, okay, so now uh, when you when you look out, who I wrote this down, but I don't know, like, who, I know you've been on a lot of podcasts. Who's the worst and who's the best? In terms of podcasts? Yeah, like, who, who you like, well, I mean, like, like you're like, I gotta do this. Like, I'm sure you got, I'm sure you, I know a lot of comedians, they, like, talk about how they hate doing morning radio when they don't, you know, sell tickets and stuff. Hopefully we try to make it a little enjoyable for yeah. people. But, uh, yeah, who do you hate, like, what do you hate and what do you like? Uh, I hate any podcast that no one listens to. It's just like a conversation. Like I try to avoid doing 
podcast yeah. as much as possible. I, I feel like some people are like, hey, you are a comedian. You want to do a podcast. We're entitled to your time. It's like, I don't have to do your podcast. Yeah, they, they all, I get a lot of people try to guilt me into, hey, I'm, I've always listened to you and I'm doing a podcast. Will you come on my podcast? And I just go, no. Yeah. I lie and say the company won't let me do that. <laughs> oh, company. I, I wish I had a, just I lie. Should say that. Be like Hinchcliffe's guy yeah, on the contract. Like, that, can't, yeah. right, I can't do that. <laughs> and who, obviously, Rogan. Yeah, uh, that was an amazing gotta be podcast. Great. That was like unlike anything. This morning I was looking up some stuff, and uh, one of the things that came up in the sidebar was the Rogan Mencia thing, which we've seen a million times, but right. I haven't seen it in a long time. When's the last time you watched that? Uh, it's probably been a couple of years now. Think about it. Like today I was thinking... They were face-to-face on the stage, and Carlos <laughs> Mencia was going, you're a bitch. And I thought, the world I hadn't known at that point that Joe Rogan could kill us all. Like, <laughs> Carlos Mencia yeah, had no yeah, idea yeah. how, thankfully, Joe was calm and cool enough to not snap anybody's neck. Yeah. And, uh, but, and also, he's a lot bigger now than he was then. But just the whole, like, that was before we knew he was swinging monkey kettlebells and all that other stuff. <laughs> and I think Carlos, because he was more popular... Yes. Felt like he could talk to him like that, right? You know? But I just at he, the time every time he said "you're a bitch," I went <laughs> uh, waiting for something to happen, waving uh, steak in front of a tiger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, who and who else is usually around there? That you? Uh, what about Segura? You like Segura? Segura is amazing. Uh, we haven't really talked much. He's usually on the road, yeah, selling out theaters and stuff. Um, you it's know, so weird to see how successful he's become. You guys knew him for from the beginning. We knew him when we wouldn't put him on the show. <laughs> he, he, Bert used to be like, "Yeah, my friend Tom's coming. You should have him on. He's really funny." We're like, "Shut up! Stop trying to." Last time he pushed one of your dumb fat friends on us, he was terrible, and he said things he couldn't say and almost got us in trouble. And we didn't like. What was it? Bob Biggerstaff. You know yeah. who he is? No. Yeah. Good. See exactly. <laughs> exactly. He pushed Bob Biggerstaff on us, and we had him on, and he sucked. And then he pushed the girl on us, and we we're like, "No, we don't want to end up in another Biggerstaff." And cigar ends up blowing up. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, who else? Would you know Bert? Bird, it's great. Yeah, he's uh, he's like he's like uh, very like you would think he'd be goofy all the time, but he's like very you know Quiet. respectful, respectable. Like I'm like, oh man, this is like an elder statesman in our industry, a big <laughs> fat guy that takes his shirt off all the time. <laughs> you know what's weird is that I don't know. He is like that. Like people think that he's. I mean, you he starts drinking and we go out, oh, he's out. But for the most part, he's he's low key, dude. We used to go, we we do a cruise every year, and he used to come on the cruise all the time. And he'll even say it, the best part of the cruise is when we just sit in my room and just talk about family and life and stuff. That's really what he wants to do. Yeah. But the pressure to be shirtless <laughs> drunk guy is is going to kill him one day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I noticed in your, uh, a lot of talking on these podcasts that you hate doing, uh, a lot of talk about the lack of sex life that you have. <laughs> Has that improved? Yeah, I'm uh, seeing a Jew now. Whoa, me too. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, I married mine. Oh, you yeah, married, yeah, yeah, you married a Jew. Where do you find this Jew? Uh, she. Came I feel to like we're show. doing a Borat movie now. <laughs> <laughs> she came to the show, so it's a fan. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know exactly. She's a fan of Kill Tony, I think. I'm right. Not exactly sure. Her. Th- I. I don't want to find out too much. Okay, I'm gonna assume, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. That up until that point with this girl, there were a lot of Kill Tony kind of groupies that you were able to finagle <laughs> in between. Yeah, there was a lot of sex happening. Yeah, yeah good for you. Thank you. And uh, and then th- why this one? Does she? Just... She's beautiful. Yeah, like in the face. 
And, uh, <laughs> Which is way more than in the heart. Yeah. yeah. Her heart is cold and evil. <laughs> uh, really where is she from? Uh, she's from the area, Austin and uh, San Marcos. Okay. Um, she has giant breasts. That's good, too. That always yes. works. Yeah, it's very feminine and uh-huh. soft. Where's your family? My family is in Oakland right now. Do they now. like her? Have they met her? They haven't met her Oh, yet. not that serious yet? We just started seeing each other like two weeks ago. So it was it more her uh, her looks that you were like, I'm going to lock this one up? Yeah, her looks definitely uh, put her foot in the door. Um, and then like she's like really likes me. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't figure this out. Uh-huh. I don't know why. But- what do you want? You have, a, you have low self-esteem? You're an attractive uh, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take a shot at you, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just I just saying, thought like, I'd, I'd be like a five or a six, and she's like a eight. Or but nine. you're a you're a five or a six. But the comedy and the fame bring you up <laughs> to like an eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the good thing about being a man is you can always you know go up a couple just by working hard. We were just talking about this earlier. Is that uh, my wife's pretty hot, and I get a lot of. Uh, you outkicked her coverage. <laughs> Basically, that's just the worst insult that you can give somebody. You're like, you're fat and ugly, and your wife is really hot, <laughs> and they're mad about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I have no problem telling them that uh, they're about what you, their wife's about, what I thought they were going to get. <laughs> your, your wife's about average. Anyway, yeah, you guys so. are perfect for each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who out of all these guys, who's your best friend? Who do you hang out with the most? Uh, Tony, probably. Tony, really, I got to tell you. Tony, I, I'm not put off by a lot of people, but and I love him. I think he's hilarious and all that. I've met him a couple of times, but I always feel like he's, I don't know, I feel like he's looking at me and secretly hating me, <laughs> but also like, hating everybody. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he just, he just has that thing about him. Like he gives me the same feelings that Ari Shafir gives me that any second they're going to turn against us. <laughs> yeah, he's calculating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's, uh, you know, like he, he does that. He like, everyone thinks like he's like, you know, uh, going to be mean to them, but then when he's sweet to you, it's like such a it throws you off. Yeah, and it's like the trauma that bonds us together. <laughs> he, I was flying to L.A. one time. No, I was flying to Montreal, I think, for the comedy festival, and I was on the plane listening to a podcast that he was on, and it was a bunch of different comedians. And then he said something that was so funny it made me it made me laugh out loud obnoxiously. And I opened my eyes and everybody was staring at me. I was like, he, he killed it. He made me laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, this is Hans Kim who is here. Hans is going to be at Side Splitters in Wesley Chapel at 7.30 tonight, 7.30 tomorrow night, and then at 10.30 tonight and 10.30 tomorrow night in Carrollwood at the uh, Side Splitters over there. Yes. What, what are they got you working like a monkey? <laughs> That's good, though. Is this yeah. your first time in Tampa? I've done, uh, I've done the improv with Tony. I opened up for Tony. Okay. And then I did side splitters on, like, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Who, who, uh, who pays you the best when you open for him? Uh, probably Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan, right? And, yeah. and now, his comp- I, Ralphie May, did you ever meet Ralphie or did he pass away before? I never got to meet Ralphie. Ralphie was a good friend of mine, and Ralphie used to tell me, and this was really before Joe... It was before Spotify and all that stuff. He used to be like, I built a, like a little jungle gym thing in my in the backyard for my son. I didn't build it, but I had some guys do it. And he was like, yeah, it was pretty cool, but you should see Rogan's house. He's got 17 of them all connected together. Like, they say he's got one hell of a compound. I haven't even seen, I haven't been to his house, which... He- you're not at the house level. No, I you're don't. Only, want you're to. only. At, you're only. At, I forget. I'm I feel thinking, like a little guy in a mafia. If I get too deep, they're gonna whack me. <laughs> what are you only at studio level? 
Yeah. All right, that's fine. I'm, I'm just happy saying. there. Yeah, you I'm don't want to chill here for a bit. Right, right. And who, who? What about what's he? What about on the road? Is he fun to hang out with on the road? Yeah, or is he all business. He's amazing. He is right. Yeah. He seems like he, you know they say you don't want to meet people that you admire because you don't want them to be dicks. But he seems like he's super yeah. cool. And all of our friends who are friends with him say he's cool. He's been on the show once or twice, but always on the phone, so it's hard to assess somebody that way. Yeah, I mean he's. Uh, it's like being on his podcast for the whole trip. Right, just like, talking about smart stuff and smoking yeah, weed and stuff. The most interesting conversations. You you do a lot of drugs. I do, yeah. Yeah, everything or just like the weed? Everything. I'm an old man, I say the weed. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I have talked about this several times. What is your favorite? Uh, probably mushrooms. See, I, we, I've never done that, and I want to. And Bert gave me some last time I went to his house, and I just keep staring at it like today's the day, today's the day. But I can't, I can't, because I have kids, and I don't want to do anything. Like, I don't want to pee my pants or have a bad trip or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to keep it together. Carmen, I know you're saying no, but I still, because yeah. you don't have kids, you don't have to worry about it. But I'm saying, like, I've done mushrooms before, and that's not, like, what happens to you. You, didn't do an, you we have different physiological. I went to see the new Avatar, allegedly. Like, uh-huh. you can be in public. It's not going to make you act out like that like you're more likely to pee your pants boy drinking than you are yeah, definitely yeah you know like you're more likely to do stupid stuff when you're drunk all right all right and that puts it I'm in a better to, i'm going to do it yeah i'm gonna do it i'm sure i'm gonna love it it's just taking me time like i did acid once and that didn't do anything to me i just stared at stuff and i was like oh, i don't like this huh. yeah that's and basically then, what that is then the spanish <laughs> gave me an edible a pot edible and I went to the trampoline place with the kids, and I was like, oh, this will be great. And all I did was fall asleep, and all the other parents thought I was, like, on heroin. <laughs> so I just got to – I'm new. I'm new to the drug world. Yeah. I got to work on it. You got to feel comfortable. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel comfortable, and then I forget that drugs are the same as alcohol when it comes to driving because I took the edible, and then I tried to drive. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do that. I had to pull over and let my wife. We had to switch seats. <laughs> I, this is so <laughs> emasculating and embarrassing. So I don't know. I will do it, and I will – I will do it, and I'm sure it'll be fine, and then I'll up it a little bit, and it'll get better, and then one day I'll go over the edge, but it'll be... Well, and like Bert said with that chocolate, like, not the whole bar, but I, yeah. one square, Yeah, take half of that square. Yeah, hey, I don't trust Bert either. I feel like Bert's giving me wrong information so they do dumb stuff. But no, like the dumb thing would be, it's almost like with edibles, the dumb thing is is to take the whole edible at once. Yeah. You want to break it into mi- as many pieces as you can so you don't have that... What, yeah. What's your experience like on the mushrooms? What do you love about it? Uh, I love the uh, objective, you know, like, oh, this is how I live life. Oh, this is another way. And be like, oh, well, why am I living life this way when I could do it this way? Just- I'm not doing that. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have any inner inner conflict or any inner peace. Or, like, I don't, I, when you, when you get drunk, you're just like, I could lift this car. I could bang that girl. I don't want to have any inner well, it's good to be like, oh, when I'm drunk, I can talk to people more. Then when you're sober, you're like, why don't I just act like I'm drunk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you take mushrooms, you're going to be carrying a sink onto the subway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least I'm going to see a guy doing that. I don't know. I, 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 will, I will man up and I will do them one, at one time for you. Let's honestly. do it. I'll do it with you. <laughs> We'll what do them together. What if we What if we start making out violently? That's not gonna. <laughs> why violently? Yeah. Why? You, you know why? You know why? Carmen has a Carmen has a kidnap and rape fantasy. I don't. <laughs> I'm easily kidnappable. Right. Yeah. She doesn't like us to talk about it because she's afraid one of our listeners is actually going to kidnap her. <laughs> but she said that she has a, a fantasy that she's sitting on a bench and some guy rolls up. But although the guy is cool and he has abs and yeah. all that stuff, yeah, yeah. and then he puts a bag over her head and throws her in there and takes her off and makes a sweet love to her i mean yeah that's 
a crime. Hans <laughs> had the van. Yeah. Hans yeah. had the van. So you were bang chicks in the van? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. No offense to you. You are, you know, I said you were a good looking guy and stuff, but I don't know if you're banging you in a van good looking. <laughs> that's yeah. gotta be, that's. That, that's gotta bring you down a couple points. Like, like when you're, when you make it even, even more and you're on TV and everybody's like, oh, that's Hans. Some girl has to turn to her friend and go, can I tell you something? Mm. I totally banged him in a van in Long Island. <laughs> like that's, or maybe you never tell anybody that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I hope that they'd be proud of it. I hope they had a good time. Um, but yeah, I didn't kidnap them. They came in there consensually. <laughs> so you say. So you say, Hans Kim. I have to. Yeah. Who knows? We find out you're like uh, you're like Harvey Weinstein in the next couple of years. You know that guy we had on the show? He's in jail now for putting chicks in the van. Are, were chicks impressed as they got in the van? Yeah, they enjoyed that I was like sort of outside the system, and they were like, you know, one. You got chick, a lot of hipster girls. Yeah, one chick was a hipster girl. Yeah. Oh my god, you live right here in the van. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then you were like, you want some mushrooms? <laughs> uh, I just, I, that to me, growing up in New York, I think I'd be, I grew up in Staten Island, I'd be afraid to sleep in a van in my own driveway at the time. I just, people yeah. just banging on the wall and, and bugging you. Yeah, that was a different New York I heard. It was like graffiti on the subway and all that. Well, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I'm not that old. Don't know, maybe it's not terrible. <laughs> Uh, this is Hans Kim. Go see him at Sidesputters. You can go to sidesputterscomedy.com. You can buy tickets to the show. Uh, Hans is very like a soft-spoken, calm guy, but very funny uh, comedian. I watch a lot of your uh, your stuff on YouTube and a lot of uh, Kill Tony stuff, and you're you're very funny. I, Thank I, you. I hope everybody goes to check you out while you're here because you yes, don't get here very do. often. Yeah, and uh, hopefully next time we'll come in, we'll plan some stuff, and we'll have you back. That'd be awesome. All right, go see sidesputterscomedy.com. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. We'll take a quick break. It's a Mike Calta show. This is 102.5 The Bone. It's the Mike Kelta Show on 102.5 The Bone. Want to know what's up in the world? We'll put down those Funyuns and... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.